Thank you for that. All right, back to our text here in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 3. Uh, but we're also going to get a running start at the four uh, prayer requests uh, that he had there in, in chapter number 3. And uh, it was customary uh, when letters were written at this time in history uh, that you'd make greetings to whomever it was that you were writing. Uh, and then they would always uh, kind of give them well wishes uh, according to the gods, little g, uh, that were out there, and many people worship, uh, you know, different gods. Uh, but that was just kind of uh, a, a way that people wrote uh, to others uh, because of uh, the day and time. Uh, but in the beginning part of the of book of First Thessalonians, he greets Paul and Sylvanus, Timothy, uh, uh, Timothy, under the church of the Thessalonians, which is God in the Father, uh, in, uh, excuse me, which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so right straight away, one of the things I appreciate about uh, Paul as he writes is he didn't really um, uh, do what many other people did and kind of capitulate uh, to uh, the, the language of the day. Differently. He just laid it out straight. Uh, this is, it's God the Father uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, grace be to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord. And he gave thanks for them. Uh, and he gave thanks for a number of reasons, uh, but he lists out a couple of them here in the, these first verses. He says, we give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers. And uh, he loved them. Uh, and we know that by what we read in verse number 19 of chapter number 2. He says, for what is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Uh, are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? For ye are our glory uh, and our joy. Um, preachers oftentimes will say something like this, the ministry would be great if it weren't for the people. Uh, and, uh, and what is meant by that, uh, most of the time tongue-in-cheek, sometimes uh, you know, they believe it, uh, and uh, they say preachers, most preachers quit every Monday morning. Uh, and, and a lot of that has to do with the stress of, of doing the work of God and, and praying and, and delivering messages that they believe God wants them to, uh, to deliver, uh, this, you know, this, the issues and problems that come with shepherding people. Uh, and, uh, and if uh, most preachers, if they could just get up, uh, preach the Word of God, uh, pray, prayer and minister the Word, and not do counseling and other types of things, uh, they think that would be great. Uh, myself, uh, I, get the, I, think I find the most value uh, in ministry, in counseling, because I can preach messages, and I, sometimes I don't know if you're getting it, uh, and uh, it's hard to tell. When you deal with people, uh, it's different than... Uh, than building something where you can see what was done at the end of the day. And so uh, preachers oftentimes find themselves looking for ways to count blessings uh, when, they are, uh, when they're dealing with ministry and dealing with people. Uh, but I really don't. I know Paul got frustrated at times. We see that in Scripture uh, and how he called people out, the different things. Uh, but he loved them. The Bible says that he thought of them. That's his crown, his rejoicing. It was all about them. And he loved them dearly, and he prayed for them often. Uh, and uh, he prayed from them, uh, for them from jail uh, in the middle of difficulties and uh, turmoils uh, in his own life. Uh, but, uh, but he prayed. And he says, remembering, verse 3, without ceasing uh, your work uh, of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of God uh, and our Father. And uh, so he lists out three virtues that they had, faith, love, and hope. Um, he was thankful that they had a faith that was productive. Uh, you read a little bit further down in verse number 9, the Bible says uh, that they themselves show us what manner 
of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God. Uh, as a result of their witness, uh, we read here that it was a great witness. There are many, many people uh, that got saved. And remember, this was a church that was a fledgling church. It was just a, a very young church, and it didn't have uh, the, uh, the mature Christians uh, in it that a lot of churches would have. And, uh, and by that, I mean uh, people who they know the Word of God. They've, uh, they've been around the block a time or two. They've learned over the course of time. Uh, wisdom from God uh, through both experience and, uh, and, and, and the like. Uh, there just wasn't that. There weren't Christians that had been saved in that church for decades. We've got some here that ha- have been saved for a long, long time and uh, saved longer than most other people in the church have been alive. Uh, and I'm thankful for mature Christians. And let me say this as well. Just because a person uh, has been saved for a long time doesn't mean they're a mature Christian. Uh, we can, uh, you know, uh, I know a lot of 40-year-olds that, uh, that act like they're 12. Uh, and, uh, and so time uh, isn't always the, uh, the key. Uh, or uh, there are a lot of pastors. Uh, they say um, uh, perfect practice uh, makes perfect. And when you think about perfecting ministry, if you will, to that regard, um, there are people that have been saved and um, never went to Bible college, uh, and, and learned in that type of a setting, uh, who can preach um, circles around many preachers who have a walk with God uh, that uh, other preachers don't. Uh, and just uh, so there could be preachers uh, that have pastored uh, for many, many years uh, that have not matured in their ability to, uh, to, to minister. Uh, so even time on the job, uh, you think of somebody like a surgeon, uh, just because somebody has been practicing medicine uh, for 30 years doesn't mean that they have the skill and precision uh, of a doctor that might have been only practicing for a couple of years. So, uh, so just uh, uh, maturity doesn't mean just age. There's a lot of things uh, that would factor in. But their faith was a, a productive faith. Uh, faith works. Uh, faith, we just talked about that in one of our recent messages. Uh, we have saving faith. It's a faith that does. It, it, uh, it, it works out uh, in our salvation. Uh, and it's not that our works save us. We know that, understand that. You've never been in an independent Baptist church that says that you're saved by your works. Uh, because you're saved, you do work. And we've, we've uh, touched on that quite a bit in the past couple of weeks. But it was, they had a love. It says labor of love in verse number three. Paul was thankful for them because they had uh, a love that's laborious, if I could put it that way. Love is a laborious, uh, a laborious grace. Uh, it's always seeking for something that it might do, uh, not just, um, you know, uh, be uh, either God or man. It searches those things out. Love, biblical love, cannot endure being idle. Uh, so when we say we love the Lord, uh, or I love my wife, we just celebrated 28 years uh, yesterday, uh, uh, our anniversary, and, uh, but she's been putting up with me for 33 years. Uh, if you think about, uh, she's a saint uh, and, uh, and will be recognized in heaven for, for all of that. Uh, but uh, I love my wife, and, uh, but I can't just say I love her. Um, I have to show it. Uh, the proof has to be in the pudding. I have to display that. Uh, now it was her anniversary and I was being sick. She didn't even get a kiss on her anniversary, so pray for her. Uh, and uh, she can't get enough of my kisses and she was starving for me yesterday. Uh, and, uh, but uh, uh, the, um, uh, you do. Love is action. We know that. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But they also had a hope that was a patient hope. Uh, hope is the offspring of faith and love. Uh, or at least of that faith which worketh by love, as we understand uh, the scripture, and, uh, and hope endures. And uh, for a church that was enduring such hardship, 
for Paul to recognize and see that, and immature Christians as well, uh, that they endured. Uh, we got to camp. Uh, my first camp speech uh, when we got there uh, is uh, endure. Endure hardness is a good soldier. Uh, you know, you're away from everything that's normal. Uh, your phones are turned in. Uh, it's hot. It's dusty. Uh, you're not going to be eating food uh, that you normally uh, would be eating and, uh, and uncomfortable bunks and on and on and on. Uh, and we're very prone to complain when we get in uh, or outside of uh, our environment. So I said, hey, just endure. Uh, you've got to be patient. Uh, in that regard, knowing full well that at the end of the week, uh, you'll be going home uh, to your own house and the fridge and uh, in all the comforts of home. Uh, and so you can make it uh, this week. Now, I thought uh, last couple of days I wasn't going to make it. Uh, and, uh, and so like, how are you doing, Pastor? I, I'm doing good. And they knew I, I wasn't. Uh, and but uh, but we made it through. And I knew I'd go home and and uh, and the Lord would, of course, uh, bring me through all of that. So they had an active faith. They had a, a laborious love. They had a patient hope that he was so thankful for. Uh, their testimony. They were a church that uh, that believed in God, Jehovah God, uh, and it was seen and was evidenced in their life. They uh, they obeyed the Holy Ghost uh, as He led them. Uh, we read about that in in uh, verse number six. And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. There's just something about, or should be. A goal of every one of us as Christians to have joy uh, in the midst of affliction. Uh, we don't know affliction like they knew affliction, and it's not to say that we won't uh, in our lifetime. I'm a, uh, you know, I, I hope the Lord comes back soon, and uh, and uh, the rapture takes place, and uh, all of that. Uh, and I'm, a, by the way, I'm a pre-tribulation rapture believer, and so I don't think that we're going to go through the tribulation period. Uh, but having said that, that doesn't mean that until that time uh, that we won't see difficulty. Uh, and we don't like difficulty. We don't like to be uncomfortable. We don't like trials. And uh, when Paul uh, elsewhere in the Bible says that we're to be thankful for them, uh, you can be saved for decades and still struggle with being thankful uh, for difficulties. This morning, uh, we were uh, been praying for Lee, uh, who's in the hospital. Baby Lee uh, has pneumonia in his lung, and uh, it's a difficult thing for parents to go through and for the baby uh, to go through. Temperature was spiking and, uh, and, and having some seizures as a result of all that. Scary. Uh, it's um, a very difficult thing to go through. Uh, but there's a part of every one of those situations in our life that we're, meant, we're, we're to be thankful for. And thankful for the grace of God and His help. And thankful, we can be thankful for medicine and the ability to, uh, to diagnose those things. And the fact that we are made in such a way that, uh, that our, our, you know, our bodies in, in many respects heal themselves. Sometimes they need uh, a kind of a nudge with some type of witchcraft from, uh, from Brother Springer uh, to, get you, to get you through uh, with whatever that thing that he was that, uh, that he made. Uh, but our bodies are amazing in that regard. Uh, and uh, but then he he as he runs down this list of, of things in the first chapter and by the way in the second chapter uh, he mentioned his own testimony uh, and what uh, uh, how he dealt uh, with them uh, which I think is important maybe a message for another time uh, but he was bold and sincere and he was gentle. Uh, he had a moral consistency. We read about that in chapter number two. Uh, then he gets down to the end uh, and, uh, and makes sure to mention to them uh, that uh, they were his crown of rejoicing. Uh, as a pastor, I don't think that I tell you uh, that I love you enough. I, I don't tell you that uh, I pray for you enough. Uh, and uh, except in times like this, I want you to know that I do. Uh, but when we get to this prayer request, there's a lot of 
uh, kind of neat things in there. And the first, and so we'll jump over to chapter number three. And uh, the first part of that, uh, he says this in verse 11. Now, God himself and our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, notice what it says. It says, direct our ways unto you. Now, we know from reading the book of Acts, there were places that Paul wanted to go, but the Holy Spirit didn't bid him to go, uh, that, uh, he, that God had other plans. Uh, and you think that, um, well, uh, you know, as an American, one of the blessings we have, uh, for the most part, uh, it's been a little bit different this last year, is the, the ability really to go and to travel uh, anywhere we want on, on a whim. Just if you want to do it, you can do it. And, uh, and as much of the obstacles as we've had, uh, there's still that side uh, to the blessings of living here. Uh, so we say we just come and go. Uh, if you want to get on a plane and fly somewhere, uh, you'd be able to do that. Uh, and, uh, and have uh, the finances even, uh, being where uh, we live uh, here in America. Uh, that's great. But what they uh, understood or what Paul understood that I don't think all of us understand uh, is that it was the sovereignty of God that dictated uh, whether he went places or not. So when he prayed that the Lord would send them, uh, you know, there's a part of me when I read them like, well, if you want to go, just go. Uh, but it was a little different back then, of course, travel and all that. Uh, but he understood uh, that he served them uh, at God's will uh, and, and that God was in control of all of that. Uh, he said to others that he longed to be with them uh, and God didn't allow for him. He wanted to be in Rome for the longest time and God just didn't allow that. We've got to obey the Lord uh, in our life uh, and sometimes doing that puts us in places that are difficult and, and hard, uh, but knowing full well that we are where God wants us to be, we're in the best place we can be. And when I read that in reference to being a thankful pastor, I know that, uh, that this church uh, called me uh, 15 years ago uh, to be its pastor. Uh, and, uh, and I'm thankful for all of that. But uh, you all, I came and, and uh, preached that day, and I remember it just like it was yesterday, uh, to where we had had an early service uh, with another church that we were praying about merging with. Uh, for those of you who are here, I was pastoring um, a church here in the area. Uh, and, uh, and came over here for a meet and greet uh, in the afternoon and preached that night. And, uh, and, uh, and then the church voted uh, to call me as their pastor. And then I had to break it to uh, my other church, uh, what had taken place. And, uh, and then we, of course, invited everybody to come and, uh, and uh, the Lord bless and all of that. Uh, but there are a lot of things that went through that. You asked questions of me. I answered the questions. There's a process involved. And, uh, but the bottom line to all of it is God's hand was in it. Uh, you know, we think, uh, you might think, well, uh, we called you uh, or uh, et cetera, but God did all of that. God orchestrated uh, every last bit of it. Uh, and, uh, and I'm thankful, knowing uh, that I work uh, at uh, his behest uh, and do what he would have me to do. And so, uh, so I, I, I'm, I pastor here, I love it, uh, and I'm thankful for all that God does, but I know that uh, it's not me, I know it's not you. Uh, and uh, I have to always be willing to follow the Lord wherever he leads. Uh, and uh, you have to always know that what uh, this church, uh, the saying rises and falls uh, on leadership. Uh, but as much as, as I try to lead and direct this church, this is the Lord's church. Uh, and if I'm here for not another 20 years or if I'm here for however long, uh, that uh, God uh, always, always, uh, takes care of his church. And so uh, he understood that and prayed uh, that God would direct his ways towards them, uh, that he could minister to them. So there's four petitions. That was the first of them. 
He longed to see their face. He loved the fellowship of the saints, especially new converts. I, I love um, mature saints, uh, but I love, I love new, new converts as well. Uh, I love their excitement. Uh, I love, I, I love the, the rawness of, of, uh, of, of their faith and belief. And they just think they can, you know, um, do anything. Uh, they're going to lead all their family to Christ. They're going to, uh, you know, uh, all of it. I'm excited when, and I love being around them. Even when, you know, uh, they're rough around the edges. And just because somebody gets saved doesn't mean the next day they, uh, they, their talk and everything is all, uh, you know, where it needs to be. There's a growth process. Uh, but Paul loved uh, these Christians, and most of them uh, that he fellowshiped with at this time were young Christians. Uh, because the first century church was still young. Uh, and, uh, and that is, I think, a perspective. I think we'll get frustrated sometimes uh, uh, with uh, younger Christians and their zeal, and uh, they show up to soul winning, uh, and uh, maybe, maybe they're not dressed the way that you think they should be dressed. Uh, uh, they show up to church and uh, do things and say things and jump in. You're like, hey, you know, whatever, simmer down, uh, and we, we've got this. Uh, we, this is the way we've always done it, uh, but to understand uh, our model in Scripture uh, was that uh, he loved uh, these new converts. But then we get into the, the, the next three uh, petitions, uh, prayers uh, that he made. And, uh, and it says this in verse number 12, And the Lord make you uh, to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men, even as we do uh, towards you. Uh, so he wanted them, uh, well, backing up uh, a little bit here, uh, it says, uh, verse number 10, Night and day, praying exceedingly that we might see your face, and might perfect that which is lacking in your faith. So he wanted to see them, he wanted to see their face, and knew that God was in control, uh, but he prayed that God would uh, take and fix, or whatever, that which was lacking in their faith. He, his prayer was that they might be perfect. His desire was that they would grow uh, and mature spiritually, and that's really my prayer. Um, you know, 52 years, I was explaining to um, uh, one of the, uh, I guess it was the, uh, one of the students, uh, I think, at camp, uh, and about, uh, they're from Lakewood. So Lakewood Baptist Temple was there uh, at camp. Uh, and so one of them come up and asked me about the church or whatever. And, uh, and I said, hey, you, uh, you should know uh, that 52 years ago, um, Lakewood Baptist Temple sent people out and started. They're our mother church. They started Berean Baptist Church. Uh, and, uh, and so um, uh, even though we've been around for 52 years, doesn't mean that we can't be better, get better, that we can't grow and mature. And that's what I, that's what I pray uh, that we would do in, our, in our, church, our church's life. So he greatly desired to teach these new believers, to instruct them. He was concerned that, uh, that the grace of God would be bestowed upon them in vain. He, was, he said, hey, the things that you see and learn, et cetera, in me, he says, do them. Follow me as I follow Christ. And, uh, and, uh, and he would write them. He would send people to make sure uh, they were behaving themselves. Uh, the right way in the house of God. Uh, he was setting things in order. Uh, he says that God's not the author of confusion. He, uh, all things need to be done decently ordered. So he was a stickler on, on all of those things. Why? Because he wanted them to grow. Uh, and that's my hope and prayer uh, for Berean Baptist Church. If God lets us be here for another 50 years, I, I, I hope he does it. I hope he comes back a long time uh, before another 50, 52 years comes. Uh, but if he doesn't, uh, you know, we need to remain faithful uh, to God uh, in these areas. And then he said that the Lord, or asked this, he says that the Lord make you to increase and abound in love toward one another. 
Uh, and uh, we, should never, we should never get to the place where we're not growing spiritually uh, and improving ourselves spiritually. Uh, and one of those ways we do is through love. We, we can read in 1 Corinthians 13 about love and what love does, uh, but we need, to, we need to grow in love one toward another, and not just uh, us, but toward all men. Uh, and, uh, and God's directing them through Paul to do that. He says, even the way that I am towards you. And he just got done saying in chapter number two, this is how that happens. Uh, and one of those ways is to, to be gentle. Uh, we are to preach and stand against you know, the things that God is against and preach against sin and all that. But we need to do all that uh, with a heart and a love for people. And that needs to abound. It's a, it's a virtue that God wants us to grow uh, in our life. Uh, and, uh, and that means that we love people who are unlovable in our own mind, uh, people that uh, are, are hard and difficult to get along with. Um, and uh, so, uh, you know, we've, um, uh, I was kidding about, you know, going to camp and, and, uh, and being there. And, and whenever, like in our cabin, uh, we had 35 teenagers in my cabin. Uh, and, uh, of course, we had uh, Jordan and Xander was there, and they had a counselor from, uh, from uh, another church uh, from Mount Highway uh, that was in there with us. We had a missionary, uh, Brother Frank Corley, uh, was in our cabin with us. He'll be with us, by the way, uh, towards the middle part of the month, missionary to Nepal. Uh, but we're really no match uh, for all those teenagers. Uh, and as much as we try to corral them and, and uh, the difficult things is uh, breaking up fights and, uh, and trying to try mitigate problem, uh, this one and that one. Uh, and, uh, and with all of that, whether it was the fear going into it, uh, the acknowledging of the difficulty in the middle of it, uh, the thankfulness at, uh, at the end where you're, when, you're coming, when you're coming home. In fact, uh, we, we, uh, we were making our way back, and I was ill, as I mentioned, and, uh, and, uh, and so we were, we were going to stop for lunch in Ellensburg, uh, and it was a little bit too early. So we said, we're going to go to North Bend, and we were in a caravan uh, with Mountain Highway Baptist Church because they wanted to make sure I could drive uh, and make our way back. And so I'm thankful for Sister Church that was concerned. So we had eight vehicles in our caravan, all filled to the hill. Uh, so we pull in the North Bend, and every single restaurant uh, was uh, drive-through only. And, uh, and it's difficult, obviously, to do that with so many different people and cars, paying for their own, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm like, oh, uh, it's, uh, we're just going to get on the road and go home. Uh, but there was a part of me that's like, yes, uh, we're going to keep going, because uh, I was like, I was done, I was exhausted, and I hadn't eaten for a couple of days and, uh, and, uh, and doing that. So the thankfulness of getting home, but here's the thing, um, I love those kids. Uh, we, we minister, and we, we labor, it's a labor of love, and, and not everything, you know, there's times where, uh, where I've got to get on them and say this or whatever, and it's like, hey, uh, it was like in the morning, uh, there's like, hey, let's rise and shine. I can could, I could go, uh, you know, sing this song, rise and shine, give God the glory, glory. Uh, but they're teenagers, uh, and they're your teenagers, uh, and you know how hard it is to get them out of bed. And so I'd have to pull this, like, I'd say, all right, 100 push-ups, last one got out of bed, boom, they all just jump up uh, and, uh, and don't want to do the push-ups. And, uh, and so there's times where, uh, where I've got to be hard on them. There's times where we, uh, you know, tempers would flare, uh, but it's all a love, and we need to grow in that. We need to love one another, all men, uh, not just the household of faith, uh, not just those we minister to here, but other people. And we need to extend that grace uh, and love to people beyond our walls. And that's my prayer, that we would be a more loving church. Uh, I, you know, I've had people say, we love Berean. Uh, they love people. Uh, but I know that, I don't say, well, great, you know, we've arrived. We can always do better. 
uh, and I always love more. And love is, is laborious, love does. So that's why we're doing the love works and the things that we've been doing uh, recently. And then the fourth petition, uh, the prayer request that he made was a petition for purity. He says, to the end, he may establish your hearts unblameable in the holiness in holiness before God and at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. And, uh, and this is kind of the sum of it all, petitioning for growth and maturity, perfection in their faith, uh, and that they would stand before God. Now, um, we have less of this, whether it's even a prayer request or not, uh, but less of it in action uh, in Christianity today. Uh, God uh, puts a premium uh, on purity. He says this in 1 John 3, verse 3, And every man that hath hope in him purify himself even as he is pure. And, and God is still concerned with personal holiness in our life and uh, a blamelessness. And we know that when we stand before God, he's already paid for our sin debt. We're not, gonna, we're not going to pay uh, a penalty because Jesus Christ paid that penalty for us on the cross of Calvary. It was sung about in the songs. Uh, we've got several that were saved this last week. Uh, God, God saves uh, by His grace. And, uh, and when you're saved, you know Him, your sins are forgiven, past, present, future, uh, under the blood of Jesus Christ. But every one of us is going to still stand before God and give an account of ourselves in reference to the works, the things that we do in our service. Remember, uh, God saved us uh, and uh, by grace through faith, uh, but we hear his workmanship in, created in Christ Jesus. Uh, our theme at camp was origin story. Uh, and uh, in one of the devotions, I reminded our, our, our young people uh, that uh, God has a purpose. Before he made us, uh, he knew us, uh, and, and we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. But all the things that we go through in our life, uh, it's like an origin story for, I asked them, what was the origin story for Batman? Uh, and, uh, and so they would tell the story of, of how he became Batman. And uh, many of those comic book heroes or whatever, uh, they have a backstory, origin. And that's, by the way, it's how they make more money. They rehash all those and give those backstories and origin stories, and uh, everybody buys tickets and, and all that. Uh, but, um, but they choose either to be a protagonist or an antagonist, so either a bad guy or a good guy, uh, based on, uh, on their response to their circumstances uh, that made them who they are. Uh, and on, in Christ... Uh, we're blessed to know uh, that God has a purpose and a plan, uh, that we're to be protagonists, we're for His cause and not against His cause, uh, and that's to bring glory to God with our lives. Uh, and, uh, and, and God wants, the way that we do that is by, by remaining blameless and pure uh, in our lives as Christians. That means walking uh, the walk. It means getting in the Word of God and finding out what God would have us to do, what He would ha- not have us to do. Uh, it's, it's not just putting off uh, the, the, the flesh, but it's putting on Christ uh, in all that that means. And that's what he wanted them to do. And that's the prayer that, that I have. I don't want us to be uh, more, I don't want us to be unpure. I don't want us to be loose uh, in our living and in in, in, as we live and trying to be salt and light. I, I, the way I put it last week or whatever it was, uh, that we're salt and light. We're not sugar. Uh, and, uh, you know, sugarcoat and everything, sometimes that, but we've got to stay that way. That's what God wants, and that's my prayer, uh, that this church uh, would, uh, these next however many years, uh, would grow spiritually, uh, that we would excel and abound in love, uh, and that we would be better, uh, closer to God, more mature in our faith, cleaner, holier uh, for God uh, next week than we were the week before. One of the blessings about camp, and I'll close, 
uh, is um, the decisions that young people make. And perhaps uh, we will have a few of those testimonies uh, this afternoon, uh, but uh, maybe more uh, as the week goes on. Uh, but those decisions that they make uh, are made in an environment um, that's conducive to that. Uh, they are, there's preaching uh, several times a day. Uh, they are, they're, they're one of their distractions uh, being uh, their telephone was removed and, uh, for the week, and uh, that was great uh, on a lot of fronts. I know some parents were probably frustrated uh, that uh, they couldn't get a hold of uh, their kids, uh, but, uh, but they, they lived, they survived uh, without uh, being checked up on, uh, and uh, that should be good. You should be, all right, that's a, that's a sign of they're growing up, uh, and they can get along without me. Uh, just uh, look at the blessings and all that. Uh, but um, my prayer is that those decisions last. Uh, and, uh, and so that's what I'm praying for them. That's what I'm praying for you. The decisions you make for Christ, that they, that they, they last uh, and that you're faithful to them. Uh, and who knows what the Lord can do uh, in the next 10 years uh, at Berean or, uh, or beyond that. Uh, I believe that God can and that he will. Uh, and we need to, of course, acknowledge him in all that. Paul praying for people that he loved, just as I pray for you. Uh, as your pastor, hoping uh, and praying uh, as uh, you're, again, uh, like Paul. Uh, Paul's my hero, uh, and I want to I be like Paul, because I need to be like Christ. Uh, but when it comes to, to leading people, uh, I find so much uh, in his letters to these churches uh, that I want to emulate. And one of those is his care and concern and love for God's people uh, in his sincere prayer for them, uh, which uh, I have for you, uh, and I hope that you know that. Uh, and I'm thankful for 52 years uh, of, of church here at Berean, uh, but I'm looking forward to, uh, for, to many more. Let's all stand uh, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed today and uh, 